What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, I am surviving after a terrible day last week. Uh, I had to watch the only game that went in my favor on Sunday was the 49ers winning. Thank goodness, because the first game the Eagles lost, I was rooting for them. And then the last game, I mean, was just really, really sad. Uh, I I shed a tear. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I kind of knew we were going to get our butts kicked, but I was hoping they showed up a little bit. I'm talking about the Steelers here, and they they did not show up whatsoever. I am sorry that you're still. You know what? They gave you a little bit of hope, right? They get that yeah, first quarter, and you're like, "Hey, this is exactly the way the game needs to go for us to win." And then the Chiefs just scored touchdowns on six straight drives, and the Steelers would have been 100 percent in it if the offense could have done anything anything <laughs> score like the defense had stopped Mahomes like five times to start the game scored a touchdown for you you just had to score touchdowns or even a field goal and the offense is so bad I'm ready for the big Ben arrow to be done I think it's going to be terrible for a while at the quarterback position but at least let's move on Let's try to find something else. I'm telling you, your future quarterback is going to be playing tomorrow in Lambeau Field, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo. We have prop bets for you for the Packers game. We're going to break all of that down. Before we get into it, though, I want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you like the show and you have gotten any value from us at all this year, Please leave a rating and a review. And by the way, you got plenty of value last week because Michelle was on fire with the prop bets. I think you got five out of six correct. You absolutely crushed it. And we always say if you take the time to leave a review, we take the time to read it. This one comes from Chris Bino, five-star subject. Love it. You can't go wrong with any of the shows on Niners Nation. Stats is hilariously dramatic, and Levin tells it like it is, whether you want to hear it or not. He's like a real-life Eeyore. Then you got guys like Akash, Kyle, Posey, Leo, and Javi doing their thing as well. They all have their own thing, and they all complement one another. Doesn't get much better if you're looking for Niners content. Thank you, Chris. But where's the love for Michelle? I noticed you were conspicuously absent from that review, and it's... it's I was going to say, I wasn't wasn't in there. Huge oversight by Chris. Terrible job at a big spot. Maybe he commented when I was like on my three week break there, you know, I was gone for a while. People probably forgot about me, but I'm back and better than ever. And this one comes from fit subject. Love the team. Five stars. Thank you very much. Fit. I find the guys tough, but fair, great analysis. And I often agree. Keep up the good work. Love Rob one Quinnipiac alum to another go Bobcats. Hell yeah. Fit the fighting Bobcats here in Hamden, Connecticut. I appreciate the love on that. All right. Lots to get into in this game. I've been geeking up about it all week. I went back and watched the week three game early on just as kind of like a refresher. And I felt honestly, Michelle, like this was a different team. Like, I don't know who put those 49ers jerseys on those people, but that is not the team that we are going to see tomorrow. I think that there are huge, huge differences between week three and what we're going to see. And luckily, I feel like most of those differences are good for the 49ers. A hundred percent. I mean, the 49ers in the first half of the season weren't at all what they are right now. There was times where I was like, this team, even if they made the playoffs, they would just like not be able to do anything. And then in the second half of the season, they looked at times one of the best teams in the league. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Their play is just up there. I think they honestly have a shot to go into Lambeau and beat a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like I feel pretty confident in it. And if I, if I were green Bay, I'd be like, damn it. We got a terrible matchup in our very first game. I totally agree with you. The Niners offense is so much different than what it was in week three. If, if people don't remember the Niners offense could do nothing in the first half of that game in week three. And the only reason they had any points before halftime was one, they got, a huge kick return by Trenton Cannon at the end of the second quarter that put them in position to be able to go down the field and get a touchdown. And Trey Lance actually had to come in on that possession on the last play of the first half and run it in for a touchdown. So the Niners offense did not do anything in the first half of that game. I don't think we're going to see I think the offense is going to be much, much more effective this week. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to using Debo as a rusher. Like, however they're using him just all over the field, it's it's working. And I also think getting Ayuk more involved has really helped them. Since week nine, he is the leading receiver on the team. I think utilizing him in that type of role, getting Debo the ball no matter what it takes, like as a rusher or as a receiver, like just using all of their weapons to their best you know, skill set is really helping the 49ers overall. If they could just figure out a way to get Kittle involved in the receiving game, goodness, nobody would be able to stop him. Which I think we're actually going to see in this one, because if you go back and look, George Kittle has owned the Packers for the most part in his career. They don't have any linebackers that can come anywhere close to covering him. So I think you're going to see that. But just kind of to zoom out here before we get into the props and stuff like that, I think Aaron Rodgers wants to win this game badly. I know he talked about this week about how the rivalry doesn't mean anything extra, but trust you don't think me, he's going into this game hoping he loses. I mean, he is aware, but like, I think if you asked him, the one team he would want to beat in this playoff field is the 49ers. You know, they tried to trade for him earlier this offseason. That didn't work out. He's lost to the 49ers three times in the playoffs in his career. And he's had teams that, you know, were great. He lost to Kaepernick twice in back-to-back years. The first one was the 181-yard rushing game. And then people forget the next year, Kaepernick went into Lambeau in the seventh coldest game in the history of the NFL and beat them. And then, of course, the 2019 NFC Championship game where the 49ers just steamrolled them and ran for all those yards. I think he's extra salty in this one. You know, he talks about not giving a bleep, but nobody gives more bleeps than Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be desperate for a win in this game. Oh, yeah. and I mean, any quarterback right now is desperate for a win, but you know Aaron Rodgers 0-3 against this team. The thing is, he's been pretty great against the 49ers. It's his defense always really lets him down in the playoffs. Among all quarterbacks in the NFL, his defense has allowed 26.6 points per game in playoff games. That's the most among all quarterbacks in the NFL in playoff points per game allowed among all quarterbacks that have played 10 playoff games. Like, wow. That is a stat right there. Yeah. So everyone wants to be like, oh, he can't get, pa- he can't get past the conference championship. It's like, well, it, I mean, his defense has allowed 30 plus points in six of Rogers, nine playoff losses. That's a lot of points to ask of a quarterback. He's great, but I mean, you can't always win when your defense is allowing 30 plus points. Okay. Well then that begs the question. What's your, just give me one to 10, your level of confidence that these 49ers can put up 30 points in this game. See, I think they can put up 30 points and that's actually going to be one of my prop bets because they have them all the way down at the Vegas has the 49ers scoring only 20 and a half points. They're saying they're not going to score very much. They have zero confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense getting into the end zone. I am a little bit worried about Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries. I mean, we saw him just die in the second half, <laughs> literally nothing. And hopefully his sprained shoulder isn't going to continue hurting him in that way and his finger that's the only thing that worries me if he goes out there and he misses guys that are wide open like he did to Brandon Ayuk in that second half Mm. like if that's the play we get Jimmy Garoppolo then yeah they're not going to score a lot of points but I do think they're going to remember the 2019 conference championship and try to run like they did in that game and it worked amazingly that time will it work the same this time but I think they can do it with Elijah Mitchell And it all comes down to not allowing Rodgers to have like 10 minute drives, you know, like really slow moving drives where he's just killing the secondary. But I don't think they're going to allow him to do that. I think Nick Bosa playing in this game is massive. Like that comes down to me thinking they can win or lose. It's Nick Bosa. He technically hasn't been cleared yet as we record this, although Kyle Shanahan did say yesterday that he looks pretty good. So hopefully that is a thing that happens. That was what killed the 49ers in the first matchup. They couldn't get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers because he was throwing the ball in some cases in less than two seconds, which is like that is otherworldly to be able to get the ball off that fast and to be able to throw it as far down the field as Rodgers does when he did that. You know, the 49ers cornerbacks struggled in that game with the ball in the air. It was one of their those pass interference fests. I think that they've gotten a little better since then. I mean, Diamador Lenore is not going to start in this game for the 49ers. Looks like it's going to hopefully be Ambry Thomas and Emmanuel Mosley, which is obviously an improvement there. Um, If the Niners score less than 20 points, they're not winning because there's no way you're going to be able to hold Aaron Rodgers to 
you know, less than 20 points. That's just not realistic. So they're going to have the offense is going to have to do their part. I don't know. They're going to be able to run it as well as they did in 2019. I mean, Elijah Mitchell had the second most rushing yards in a playoff game in the history of the NFL, not Elijah Mitchell, excuse me. Raheem Mostert had the second most playoff rushing yards in a single game ever. Uh, So, you know, to expect that again is, is a little ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I actually think what killed the Niners in the, in the game earlier this year is, the Packers were able to run the ball better than you think. They ran for 100 yards in the game, and more importantly, they averaged four yards per carry. So they used the running game to put themselves in good down and distances, and that allowed Aaron Rodgers to really, really hurt them because what the Niners want to do is stop your run game and put you in second and third and long so they can drop seven in coverage and still get pressure with their front four. That's like the ideal game plan for the 49ers. Earlier this year, Eric Armstead was not playing on the inside, and their rush defense was a little sketch. Now, Armstead's on the inside. They have clamped down on the run, and if they can do that against Aaron Rodgers, that is their best chance. Oh, yeah, and I don't think the the Packers will be able to run on the 49ers in this game. I mean, we've already talked about this like pretty much every week. What of my prop bets that I'm picking is the under for whatever running back is going against the 49ers because they've been so incredibly solid, only allowing 78.4 rushing yards per game since week 10, 3.6 yards per carry. And the Packers all of a sudden are going back and forth between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I don't really think that's helping them all that much. I just don't think I can't see either of these guys doing that well on the ground. So it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to come down to if the 49ers can actually apply pressure on Rodgers or not. They can't allow him to sit back in that pocket, get the ball out quickly or, you know, feel comfortable back there. Because Aaron Rodgers under pressure this year is actually straight garbage. He has a (laughs) 53.9% point passer rating under pressure, not under pressure, 122.6. That's a difference of 68.7. And that's the largest gap in the NFL this season between being under pressure and not under pressure. He's the only quarterback above 50%. He's right there with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's difference in uh, passer rating, no pressure versus with pressure was 50.1. And we have Aaron Rodgers at 68.7 difference. Like it is wild. He's had three touchdowns. He's only thrown three touchdowns all year long when he was under pressure. So 34 of his passing touchdowns came with no pressure. This is why I'm saying Nick Bosa is so incredibly important because when he's on the field and when he's off the field, the numbers are drastically different for the 49ers. Well, that's what was so encouraging about last week against the Cowboys. Bosa goes down in the second quarter and doesn't come back, and they still got pressure on Dak Prescott. He was Dak was under pressure on 46% of his dropbacks, got sacked five times, hit 14 times, 22 pressures for the Niners. Like they got after it, and it was it was Arden Key, Armstead, Charles Amenahu, like guys that, you know, are not the studs necessarily that you think of when you think of the 49ers D line. And the fact that they were able to continue to do that was super encouraging because it can't just be Bosa in this game. It's got to be everybody if you're going to put Rodgers under that kind of pressure. And if they can, I agree with you. That is absolutely going to be a difference in the game. So, the, I mean, they're going to have to work together, right? The Niners coverage is going to have to hold up long or at least within two seconds of the snap just to make Rodgers hold the ball a little bit and let those guys on the defensive line work. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm scarred by week three. I mean, think about the Niners had to lead with 30, what was it? 36 seconds to go. And the Packers had no timeouts and Rodgers goes right down the field with just these two, the balls, especially the first one. It's so good. He drops back 20 yards and just throws a frozen rope that's like two inches over the hand of Fred Warner (laughs) right into the receiver's hand. Like, there's no defense for that. If he goes God mode, the 49ers are screwed. What you don't want to happen is it to be five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and to be playing like a a tied game, basically, where it comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo making that last drive or Aaron Rodgers making that last drive. Like, if you get the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, if he has a ball with two minutes to go down three points or down, you know, tied, he's going to score and he's going to win. It's who Aaron Rodgers is. So that's not the position you want to put yourselves in. You kind of have to have that little bit of a leeway there with time expiring. Like you got to be up by a touchdown. So in case he scores, you know, at least goes into overtime. 
that's the thing about Aaron Rodgers is you never actually feel good about winning the game because at any moment he can just make a comeback. Well, and the other thing too with the 49ers, I feel like you almost have to be up three scores to be even remotely comfortable because <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo can turn the damn thing over at any time. And we saw it in the Cowboys game. They're up multiple scores in that game. You're feeling good. And then bam, Jimmy turns it over, lets the Cowboys right back into the game. They cannot do that this week. Uh, that's going to be one of my props about Jimmy Garoppolo that we can get into later. But, like, if there was ever a time that Jimmy was going to lock that crap down, man, this has got to be it. Do not give so, Rodgers any extra chances. It, was, it really was uh, frustrating watching that game because it felt like they had it in the back so hard. It was like, you know, like the Cowboys can't do anything. All the 49ers have to do is kind of run out this clock. Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw a couple first downs just be safe with the ball and you got this game. And it was just like, yeah, Jimmy Gravel had a great first half. He did. He looked really solid. He looked like a, everything he was doing was correct. And then in the second half, it was like, wow, you couldn't have been a worse quarterback. And (laughs) we didn't know about, I didn't know about the sprained shoulder while I was Mm -hmm. watching the game. I don't know if they said it and I missed it on the broadcast, but he, he hopefully that does not affect him the same way because they're screwed and the weather is not going to help that at all. If he's in pain, like cold weather makes that pain worse. Are you worried at all about the weather? Uh, it's supposed to be a high of 22 degrees in Green Bay on Saturday, but at night it's going to get much lower than that. Probably be in the single digits. Are you worried about that at all? No, I actually think it works in the 49ers favor. And the reason is because the 49ers are the more physical team. I think what's going to happen in this one is you might see the offense struggle early because everybody wants to come out against the big, bad 49ers and prove how tough they are. And it's one thing to, you know, hold up for a drive or two, but you know the Niners are going to keep running that ball and keep pounding and grind you into the dirt. And as the game goes on and as it gets colder and colder, those hits are going to hurt more and more and more. And I think by the time you get late in the fourth quarter, the Packers are not going to want to tackle the 49ers. And I, so I think the colder it gets, it's actually going to favor San Francisco because impacts hurt more in the cold and no team is more impactful than the 49ers. So I think that, you know, as long as it's not like raining or snowing, if it's just cold and not windy, I actually think that it helps San Francisco. I agree. If it's not windy, it's not snowing, then there's no reason for this effector game. And it does help the way that the 49ers play definitely. And with how good the 49ers have been stopping the run and how good they are running the ball, this should definitely help them. Uh, But it is wild. I, I found this research note while I was doing, I was writing up the game for my job at NFL network. Kyle Shanahan has not had a coach game in below freezing degree weather since he was an OC for Washington in 2013. I don't even know how that is possible because getting the 32 degrees is not, it's not a hard thing whatsoever up in the North. Like it's pretty much every day in the winter. How have you never had to go up North and play a game in December or January is wild to me. And he also was an offensive coordinator for the Browns in 2014. How did he get away with not playing a below freezing a game in Cleveland. In well, they didn't have to worry like, about, they didn't have to worry about playoff games for one. So that's true. But I mean, I lived in Cleveland that same year. I was in Cleveland living there in 2014 while Kyle Shanahan was there. It was freezing every day in the winter. <laughs> like it is terrible there. I don't know how he got so lucky that he's never had a coach in cold games. Uh, so I am a little bit interested to see, you know, if his, system works in the cold it should like i i really don't think it's going to affect it at all but it is wild to me that he's never had to do it the last time he's had to play in a below freezing degree game he did get his butt kicked washington lost 45 to 10 versus the chiefs in week 14 2013 but i mean it's a completely different situation but it's just interesting to me he did say this week that he does not do well in the cold. I actually think it's probably harder for the coaches and than the players in that situation because the players are moving, moving they're out there, they're sweating. The coaches just have to stand there. You're just there in the <laughs> cold for four hours. You know, you layer up, but whatever, it's cold. I mean, I know they have heaters and stuff, but I still think it's going to be rough. Um, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the prop bets. As I said, Michelle, you crushed it last week. You made me lots of money. Hopefully we made you lots of money. When we come back, we'll have our props for the divisional round. And there's one that seems so obvious to me. I'm almost afraid to bet it back here on the gold diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, I don't know how you are going to follow up 
your week last week because you nailed it. Elijah Mitchell over 78 and a half rushing yards, done. Debo Samuel over 28 and a half rushing yards, done. Brandon Ayuk, longest reception over 21 and a half yards, done. Ezekiel Elliott rushing yards under, done. Dalton Schultz over receiving yards, done. You were like five out of six. We were feeling it. Now I'm kind of nervous to give my picks this week because I'm like, I don't want to ruin my, you know, my good streak here. (laughs) Uh, But I I feel good about some of these. The numbers, you know, Vegas isn't being very nice this week. I feel like they're giving us some strong numbers to not feel too confident either way. But there is one that I'm wondering what Vegas knows that we don't know as 49ers fans. And it's team total points. They're only giving the 49ers 20 and a half points, like we said earlier in the episode. That feels extremely low when the 49ers have had 23 or more points in nine of their last 10 games. The Packers have allowed 28 plus points in five of their last seven games. And those games include allowing 30 points to the Bears. They allowed 30 points to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. And they allowed more than 30 points to the Lions. So it's not like they've been playing these super hard teams and that's why they're allowing all of these points. Like the Packers defense has not been very solid and the 49ers offense has been able to get into the end zone. This feels incredibly low to me. I know the weather is supposed to be cold, but like you said, unless it's windy or snowy or rainy, it really shouldn't affect the team scoring points. And the other thing that I think could be a huge factor is what do the Niners do when they get their scoring chances? They did not do a good job of getting into the end zone last week when they were down in the red zone, but I think they're going to have better luck this week. They are still the best team in the league at converting red zone trips to touchdowns. 67% of the time they get to the red zone, they stick it in the box to quote Debo Samuel and the Packers struggle in that area. They are 28th in the NFL in red zone defense. They allow 66% of trips to turn into a touchdown. So you've got a strength for the 49ers matching up perfectly with a weakness for the Packers. So if they can just get down there, I think that they are going to have opportunities to stick it in the end zone. And if you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers and you're going to beat a team with a good offense, you have to, have to, have to avoid field goals and get into the end zone. So hopefully the 49ers can do that. If they do that, I think they're going to hit that over, like you mentioned, easily. And Kyle Shanahan, I'm just telling you now, this is my prayer, my message to you. If you ever only hear one thing that comes out of my mouth, if it's fourth and short in the red zone, tell Robbie Gold to keep his ass on the bench. You go for it. You need the touchdowns. I hope he does because I feel like he he kind of got a little conservative against Dallas, especially on that third possession. And we see it matters. So you got to get touchdowns. Yeah, you definitely do. And I looked at the weather and it is supposed to be kind of windy. 17 miles per hour winds, not like insane, but that's that's up there. Um, so it might be a little bit harder for these kickers to kick in that cold. A like I can't imagine hitting a football with your toes in that weather. It's gone all the way na- down to now uh, negative one. Uh, for the low on Saturday, oh. that's brutal. <laughs> that's cold. Like I've like, below freezing. That's not even cold, right? Like if it's thirty degrees, that's not cold. We're no, you're we're fine. used to that. Maybe people who are listening in California are like, oh my god, it's freezing. It's really not. It's not. But bad. when you get into the single digits, that's when it's like, okay, this is terrible. I don't want to be outside. Get me into the heat. So this is going to be a rough game, especially for the coaches. I do feel bad, but for that reason, I really like my next prop bet and it's Elijah Mitchell it's gone up now it's all the way at 80 and a half rushing yards but I'm still taking that over he has done it in five of his last six games he's had 20 plus carries in each of his last six games like they're they are feeding him the ball it is Elijah Mitchell it's Debo Samuel there's no other running back even touching the ball it is all Elijah Mitchell and he looks so good he is averaging 98.3 rushing yards per game in his last six games There's no reason to believe he shouldn't hit this 80.5. The Packers have allowed 4.7 yards per carry this season, 30th in the NFL. Now, they're only allowing 109 rushing yards per game, which is 11th, but it's because for some reason teams aren't trying to run on them. I think it's because Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, he scores so quickly, Mm -hmm. it takes the rushing game out of it for opponents. But as long as the 49ers can keep this a game, Mitchell's going to get 20 carries and he should average four yards per carry. Like I still feel very confident about this over. 
That's one of my most confident bets this week. Elijah Mitchell over 19 and a half carries. He's hit that in his last six straight games. Like they feed this guy and they know that is their path to victory. It's what's going to most likely to work. And it's the least risky for them, which obviously is a huge thing with Kyle Shanahan. They are going to let Elijah Mitchell. He's going to have every opportunity to do exactly what Raheem Mostert did in 2019. So I love that. And I don't know, like I said, I think the longer the game goes, I think the Packers are going to soften up. And so I, I totally get where you're coming from there. 80 and a half is kind of a high number, but I still think Mitchell and the 49ers are going to get there. If he doesn't end up getting that, I don't think the 49ers win. Unless Debo goes nuts. Yeah, unless Debo has like 100 rushing yards. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really think Elijah Mitchell needs to be utilized a ton in this game and I think the only way he's not is if you know they go up 20 points in like the first half the the Packers and then it kind of gets the 49ers out of it because even when the 49ers are down a couple scores they still continue to run the ball like it takes a lot for Shanahan to go away from the run so I feel pretty confident about this bet the Niners got down to the Packers 17 to nothing in week three, too, and they still kind of stuck with the run a little bit. Uh, I love how Vegas has adjusted the Debo Samuel rushing total. It was 28 and a half last week, and they were like, oh, we kind of screwed that one up. Okay, let's put it up. What is it now? It's at like 40-something, right? 40 and it's a half? It's at 40 and a half, which is too high for me. I'm not saying he can't get it. I'm not betting the over or under. It's way too high to bet the over. He's done it in each of his last two games, but the three games prior to that, uh, his high was or four games prior to that. He didn't hit 40 rushing yards. So I'm not touching that. It's high for a reason, because when he when he's utilized as a rusher, I mean, he's just fantastic. But no, there's no way I would bet the over there. And I also just don't want to bet against him. So I wouldn't bet the under. So the Debo receding, receiving over under is 52 and a half. So you got 52 and a half receiving 40 and a half rushing. I love this stat that I came across since week 10. Debo has seen more targets than handoffs only once in a game. So he is basically a running back. I know they call him a wide back or whatever, but he's pretty much like a running back that catches passes occasionally. Uh, But I don't like either one of those totals. I think he's going to be the focus of the Packers defense. I think he'll have a good game. He'll have an impactful game. The thing about Debo that I love too is he's such a big play runner. All his rushing touchdowns this year, the average is 16 and a half yards. So he's like making big plays on the ground for touchdowns. His average touchdown this year is 27.3 yards. That's insane how (laughs) much of a big play monster he has become. So he doesn't necessarily need a ton of touches to impact the game, but I'm staying away from both of those. Okay, so we have San Francisco points. We have Elijah Mitchell. What's up next for you? I'm taking Brandon Ayuk over 51 and a half receiving yards. Actually, that's gone up to 52 and a half, but I still like it. Ayuk's been the main target here in this offense for a long time now. Since week nine, he's been, he's leads the team in receiving yards. Listen, the first half of the season was terrible for Ayuk. And I feel like people haven't caught up now that Ayuk has actually put up some really solid games. From weeks one through eight, he only had 141 receiving yards. Like, Wow. Really, really bad. He wasn't he wasn't used at all. Kyle Shanahan hated him. Uh, yep. Like, he was in a dog. Literally hated him. But since week nine, he has 751 receiving yards. 751 of his 892 yards this season. He's averaging 68.3 receiving yards per game since week nine. And it's still only at 52 and a half. He's hit that over in seven of his last nine games, including each of the last three. The Packers have allowed a player to put up 75 plus receiving yards to nine different guys in the last seven games. So I do think someone in this offense is putting up close to 70 yards. And I I think that's Ayuk over Debo. So I would take the over on him for receiving yards. I'm a little bit worried because Jair Alexander's coming back. So if he were to cover Ayuk, it might be a little bit hard, but I don't think Ayuk you know, Ayuk travels all over the place and I don't think Alexander is going to shadow him really. So I still feel confident about this. I totally agree on everything you said on Ayuk. To me, he is, I think he's way better than people realize. He's the player that I think is most held back by the inconsistency from Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I think we would be talking about Brandon Ayuk as one of the bigger threats in the league if he had consistent quarterback play. I like that receiving yardage over, and I also like the longest catch over for him. Once again, is at 21 and a half yards 
and longest catch for the game. He can easily do that on any reception that he has only because they target him down. The, I shouldn't say only because they target him deeper down the field. And he's so good after the catch. He can catch an eight yard pass and just break it off to get the rest of that. I love the longest catch at for IUK at 21 and a half. And I think that if the Niners are going to have success moving the ball, they're going to have to go to him because like I said, Debo is mostly a running back at this point. So Ayuk's going to be the main target when it comes to wide receivers. Yeah. The only reason I didn't go with Ayuk's longest reception, the Packers are pretty good at avoiding those big chunk plays and allowing those up. Now the 49ers offense is just so good at getting those plays though. And, and these, these talents on this team with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, like their yard after catch ability is just different than many players in the NFL. So I still think he can hit that over for longest reception, but that's the only way I stayed away from it. It's just because the Packers are pretty stingy there. I also like George Kittle. His over for the game for receiving yards is 48 and a half. That seems really low to me. And I know that he hasn't necessarily put up good totals recently when it comes to that, but he can damage the Packers. He's done that in two out of the three matchups. He's averaged 83, 83.6 receiving yards. So I think Kittle is going to be a factor in this game. I think that Shanahan knows that, you know, Kittle's kind of been left out in the cold. And yeah, I, I did that talking about a game at Lambeau field when it's supposed to be freezing. Um, I think that Debo's going to get attention. Like you talked about with IU, he could see Jair Alexander a couple of times. I don't think the Packers linebackers are going to be able to cover Kittle so I think you're going to see play action plays designed specifically for him. I think George is going to go off this week. I hope so. But I mean, it's scary to bet on that when he has 89 receiving yards total through four career playoff games. That is absolutely wild to me. Like use him. He's such a good weapon. I know you're using him as a blocker and, you know, these are bigger games and so maybe you need more help there, but Fewer than 20 receiving yards in three of his four playoff games. Well, Never yeah. more than 36 yards. That's crazy. But don't forget, one of those was the Packers championship game where Jimmy Garoppolo only attempted eight passes. Even in the Vikings playoff game the week before that, they, they sort of locked it down with Jimmy and just stuck with the running game. So I think that's been a reflection of the running game working really, really well rather than Kittle not being effective. And I think that even though the Niners are going to run it well, when they do pass it, I think they're going to look his way. And I, I hear you. One reception last week. One reception. Yep. That's, I know. I know. Look. <laughs> and it's like, even at the end of the year, they weren't using him either. Like he has not had a, a very good receiving game in quite a long time. I, I wouldn't want to bet the under either because this, like there's some guys that are too good that if they are used, they're going to hit the over, right? And you never know what Kyle Shanahan's plan is, uh, but he hasn't been using him at all. And I, I hope he's used because he would be great and it really <laughs> help you beat the Packers. Uh, but it just, I don't know, in the playoffs, he just disappears. What do you think of this? Because his longest reception is 19 and a half yards. And I was thinking about making that one of my picks, too, because, again, I think he's going to have a big game. It's the lowest of all the 49ers longest receptions when it comes to like their main weapons. Do you like that one? Mm, no, not really. Oh, boy, you're down on Kittle. All right. <laughs> I, I'm fine. not like I'm not down, but 19's 19 a lot for a tight end. Kittle could definitely do it, but. I could see him get it. Like last week, it was one reception for 18 yards. Like I could see it being 17, 18 yarder, but 19 is a little high for me. All right. When it happens, I'm going to send you a message. And uh, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I would love to see George Kittle use. Uh, it drives me crazy when he's not. I understand he's a good blocker, but come on. Come on. You, you need you need his skill set out there. Get the ball in his hands because he always gets so many yards out of the catch. Do you have any more bets for us? Yes, Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Packers. I like his longest reception. That's sitting at 18 and a half receiving yards. I was going to take his over in receiving yards total, which is 40 and a half. It's a little too high for me. And with Randall Cobb coming back, I decided just to go with his longest reception. Lazard has had a 20 plus yard catch in four of his last five games. And you have to go all the way back to week 11 when the 49ers played the Jaguars before you can find a game that the 49ers defense didn't allow multiple players to have 20 plus yard catch in that game. And that's like the Jaguars, like they don't have anybody and they still learned <laughs> Marvin Jones to have a 20 plus yard catch. I mean, last week they allowed Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper to have a 20 plus yard catch the week before that Van Jefferson and cup both did it the week before that Brandon cooks and Nico Collins both did it. 
AJ Brown and Nick Westbrook both did it the week before that. So they're allowing these, these playmakers to get those chunk plays. And if you go back to week three, both Alan Lazard and Marquise Valdez-Scantling both had a 40-yard catch. MVS is even playing in this game. So I think Alan Lazard is going to be that deep threat. I think 18 and a half, he should definitely get one of those long receptions. I just think Rodgers is too good to avoid that. I think somebody is definitely going to have a 20-yard catch for the Packers. I don't know who it's going to be. Lazard is as good a bet as anybody, especially with MVS out. So I, I'm totally in agreement with you there. I actually had two more that I want to get okay. to, and I'm going to pick on Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. But look, the numbers are the numbers. And I just, when these are what the numbers are, actually, I had three more. I forgot my, my favorite one that I teased. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, interceptions at 0.5. Like, you can book it. Like, you can book it right now that Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing a pick in this game. That's what he does. He cannot help himself. He has five picks in his last three games. No matter how conservative the 49ers get, he still finds a way to do it. And part of the reason is he's always throwing the ball over the middle of the field into these high traffic areas. All it takes is for one receiver to, to not catch a ball or a ball to be slightly off and tipped up into the air. I just, I'm sorry. I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo to protect the football. I think he's a lock to throw an interception in this game. And the other one is his attempts. And I told you last week to take the under on his attempts. I was right. And I'm right, right there with you this week. 31 and a half is way too high. I said it last week. If he has to throw more than that, something has gone terribly wrong for the 49ers. They are two and three this year when Jimmy Garoppolo has more than 31 and a half attempts. And two of those games, by the way, went to overtime. So he's only done it five times. And in two of those, the game had to go into an extra period for him to get there. They do not want him to throw the ball that many times. So I'm going to take the under on Garoppolo attempts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I disagreed with you last week and then Garoppolo didn't even come close to it. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it, like you said, if Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing over 30 attempts, something's not going great. I do expect them to try to run and run and run and run. Uh, so it's going to take a lot for Garoppolo to hit that. So if I'm betting that, I would take the under. I really just try to stay away from the quarterback bets, but you like them. So that's good. At, it, it's good for the show that that's you feel right. confident in that. Uh, you you know, you help me out there. I just, I don't know. Like, how can I not bet at something quarterback related? I absolutely <laughs> had to do it. Like they touch the ball every play. I got to be able to figure this out. And then the last one for me, and it, it was when I saw it, I could not believe it because there's one guy for the Packers that, always kills the 49ers and it's Devontae Adams. It's not even close. His receiving total for this game is 94 and a half yards. You should be pounding that over. He destroys the 49ers. He has gone over a hundred. No, let me get this right. He's played the 49ers five times. He's only had less than 130 yards once. Again, five matchups against the 49ers. He's only had less than 130 yards once. He eats their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 94 and a half is easy. When Cooper Cup played the 49ers, I think it was like 113 or something in the game, and he still went over it. They can't cover number one wide receivers, and you know Rodgers is going to look his way. I think that is the easiest bet of all time. Yeah, and he's had over 100 receiving yards in five of his last seven games. Uh, One of those games that he didn't hit it was in week 18. He only played 32% of the game. Like, obviously, he's not going to have over 100 receiving yards. And like you said, he just destroys the 49ers. He has the most receiving yards per game by any player versus the 49ers since 1970. Minimum four games there. So, like, he is. He dominates against the 49ers. And I think a big reason why he's going to get that is because Aaron Rodgers targets him down the field, right? Mm -hmm. He had 883 receiving yards on passes of 10-plus air yards that only trailed Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase this year. And the 49ers have been so bad at covering (laughs) those passes they've allowed a plus 8.6 completion percentage over expectation on passes of 10 plus air yards this season the last in the nfl by far they're the only team that's over plus seven so Devontae adams should continue to destroy the 49ers but hopefully he's the only one that does it right you can let adams have 100 yards Mm -hmm. try to keep him out of the end zone maybe allow him one time but 
hopefully he's just the one guy that has a big game. Shut down the rushing, uh, shut down everybody else. Adams can still do his thing, uh, but yeah, he's going to do his thing. Troy Aikman caused a bit of a stir last week when he talked about how the Cowboys didn't do a good enough job of taking advantage of the fact that the Niners corners are so worried about getting beat deep that they're just constantly playing off. And Aikman's point is like, once you see that, forget about like what the play is called. Like just talk to your guy and be like, Hey, run a curl, run a comeback, run a post. Like they're playing so soft that there's going to be passes underneath for you to get. Well, Aaron Rodgers is not going to make that mistake because he'll go to the line of scrimmage. He'll look over at Devontae Adams and see Emmanuel Mosley giving him a 10-yard cushion, and then he'll just do some sort of hand signal if he even has to do that. I think sometimes they have like a mental bond where they're always on the same page. But like, And he'll just, just pepper them down the field with those short passes and just take what the Niners defense is giving over and over and over again. So to me, the Adams prop, like I was stunned. I would even take over seven and a half receptions. Uh, he usually gets more than that against the 49ers. If there's one guy you can count on to put up numbers in this game for the Packers, it's going to be Devontae Adams. So I, I know that and usually Adams I Adams is the entire Packers offense, right? Yeah. Like he had more receptions and more receiving yards this year than all of the other Green Bay wide receivers combined. <laughs> He had 1,553 receiving yards. The rest of the wide receivers for the Packers had 1,533 receiving yards. Wow. That is, yeah. that's insane. Usually when I see a bet like this, I get scared because it's like Vegas isn't stupid and what do they know that I don't know? But but every once in a while, I think that they they mess up stuff. Like the Debo rushing yardage total last week was way off and we took advantage of that. I think this is another one of those opportunities to take advantage of. Do you have any more bets before we get onto the spread, which has done some weird things in this one? Let me say one real quick. It's Josiah Deguera. He's the tight end for the Packers. Who? He, yeah, you probably haven't heard of him, but he has had exactly two or three catches in each of the last 10 games. No, no less, no more. It's two or three. So Vegas obviously has him at two and a half receptions because it's either two or three. But he's had three receptions in uh, three of his last five games. And I brought this up with Dalton Schultz last week when I said to take the over on him in receiving yards. Uh, I said, for some reason, the 49ers, as of late, have been allowing receptions to the tight end position. And they have allowed three-plus receptions to many guys since week seven, to many tight ends, I should say. And it's guys like Mo Alley cox and Jesse James and Cole Komet and Jeff Swaim and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby and uh, Tyler Higby twice and CJ Uzama. I always say his name wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I think Deguay is going to get his three receptions in this game. I don't want to bet on his yards because it's like three receptions for like eight yards, but <laughs> I will take the receptions, uh, I, I think he gets three receptions in this game with MVS being out, Randall Cobb just coming back. He's going to, Aaron Rodgers has to find someone else to pass to, especially if he's pressured. It's going to be those short little passes to the running backs or tight ends. I like him getting three receptions in this game. Those like small total bets are so tempting to me because I'm like, it only needs to happen a couple of times for me to be <laughs> over. And it's like, uh, I get suckered a couple of times, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, tight ends have hurt the 49ers uh, specifically the past few weeks. So I totally get that's like a strictly like objective. You are just looking at the science of this and you are like, yeah, you would have made this bet regardless of who the Packers had a tight end at this number, I would imagine. Yes, correct. And it's, I mean, it was either Mercedes Lewis or DeGuara, DeGuara. Oh my goodness. I can't say his name now. DeGuara. Uh, but I'm going with him since he's kind of been that guy who's at least Rogers look to sometimes Mercedes Lewis can get like zero receptions. All right. The spread in this one, as we record, this is five and a half. This spread has been all over the place. It started at four and a half. It got up as high as six. I bet on the Niners when it was six. Like, yes, please. Thank you very much. Because I don't think they're going to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination. I know some of that had to do with the Jimmy Garoppolo shoulder injury news. There was this bogus report that he might not start. Look, he's going to start. He's going to play. It's five and a half right now. I have made my official prediction that the 49ers are going to lose this game, but I don't think they're getting blown out. So I think that taking the points in this one is is an easy call. I, I think that Rodgers is just going to be too good, but the Niners are not going to get blown out in this game. So I like the 49ers at six, obviously. I like them at five and a half also. 
Yeah, I could see them losing by like a field goal. So instead of taking the money line, which I normally like doing, I would take the points here plus five and a half for the 49ers. Uh, there's no way I'd bet on the Packers, though, winning by five and a half. So I feel pretty good a- about this line. I-, I think they're underestimating the 49ers and how they match up to the Packers. But anytime I talk down to Vegas like this, I'm sure I'll be embarrassed, <laughs> and, you know, watch the Packers come out and destroy them. But no, I feel pretty confident taking that spread there for the 49ers. Oh, I'm so nervous. I've had Ajita ever since we realized that it was going to be the Packers. Like, oh my God. I think it's better than having to play Tom Brady. I really do. See, the I last don't. Thing, the last thing I'd want to do is play Tom Brady just destroys teams. Like you saw last week. It's just, it's the most annoying way that he destroys them because it's just picking them apart five yards by five yards by five yards. And no one seems to know how to stop him. No one has for 20 plus years now. So I, the last I've been just destroyed as a Steelers fan having to deal with playing against Tom Brady so much. Like I'm telling you, you don't want to have to watch a playoff game against Tom Brady. It's the least fun thing to do in the world. I know that this is, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves, but I just did have this thought where if somehow the Niners could beat the Packers, right? And if somehow the Rams could upset the Bucks then you're telling me that my 49ers have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and all they have to do is own the Rams, which they've done for six (laughs) straight games now. And on the other side of the field, the Bills and Chiefs are going to play, the other side of the bracket, I should say, which means one of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen is going to be eliminated. Like there is a potential situation where the 49ers are in the Super Bowl against like Ryan Tannehill which is like, sign me up for that right now. I know (laughs) Tannehill beat them earlier this year, but sign me up for that right now. And again, it's way too ahead of myself. I just want to say that right now. (laughs) If I had to watch the Titans in the Super Bowl, that's a terrible Super Bowl. Yeah. And by the way, Titans Bengals, that matchup, that's like in terms of just like straight uniform matchups, they don't even look like they should be protein. Like those are two of the worst uniforms in the NFL. And I'm glad that one (laughs) of them is going to be eliminated. It is crazy that one of Ryan Tannehill or the Bengals are going to be in the AFC championship. Like true. Did not expect that to happen. Uh, but I'm rooting for the Bengals, actually. Me too. I know too. I'm a Steelers fan, but I love Joe Burrow. He's such yep. a fun guy to root for. Uh, way more fun of a team to watch than the Titans. And that's what I'm about. Once my team's out, I want to root for teams that are fun. Luckily, I have the 49ers this year to still root for. That's uh, right. I, I think I'm going to be far too stressed out. <laughs> like I'm definitely going to have multiple drinks in me by the time the game starts. Um, but I know I'm going to be feeling like all of those feelings I feel during the Steelers game. And I can't believe that's happening to me. I don't know what you've done to me. Yes. I've already been thinking about this stupid game all week long. <laughs> like what is happening to me? Uh, so all of a sudden I am a serious 49ers fan and I blame it all on you. Yes. I am dragging you over to 49ers (laughs) fandom one game at a time. Don't worry. And then Jimmy Garoppolo will be your quarterback next year. So you'll have that connection. You already know what that's going to be like after watching him play all year this year. Trust me, you Niners, there's going to be a nice little Niners Steelers marriage there. You'll see. I think we should just take Trey Lance from you and you can keep Jimmy. How don't even say that out loud and attempt to speak it into existence on that one. Uh, Please, please, please. Let's not do that. All right. (laughs) So those are our picks. Again, just to recap, you have the Niners over 20 and a half points. You have Elijah Mitchell over 80 and a half rushing yards. You have Brandon Ayuk over 52 and a half receiving yards. Alan Lazard, longest catch over 18 and a half yards. And you have the Packers tight end whose name I can't even pronounce uh, over, what is it, two and a half receptions? Yep. And Devontae Adams. Can't forget about him. Definitely agree with you there. I know technically you said it, but he was one of mine as well. So I want to go in mm-hmm. with that with you. Swooping in on my bet. Uh huh. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> you, you weren't good enough last week. Now you got to steal my bets too. Except if he doesn't hit it, I'm going to blame it on you. You know, that was yep. your bet. That's a solid move by that's a veteran move by you. (laughs) All right, everybody enjoy the game. Remember right after the game, you can join us on the Niners nation instant reaction show. It's on the Niners nation, YouTube page, Facebook page, Twitter page. We will take your questions, your comments. We'll react to everything that went on. Hopefully we are not commiserating about the end of the season. I want to do more of those instant reaction shows. Thousands and thousands of you join us every week. It is awesome. It's one of my favorite things that we do. So make sure you jump in for that. Also, we caught up with Joe Staley again this week for the second straight week. If you haven't watched it, you can go to the YouTube page and watch it, or you can download the podcast. 
He had some really, really interesting things to say about why the Niners run game could work this week, why the cold is not going to be a big deal. So you should definitely go and check that out. Enjoy it, everybody. Hopefully we're talking about a berth in the championship game. Oh, by the way, Michelle, before we go, I forgot to ask you this. If the Niners win this week, they will get to their 17th NFC championship game. Okay. So they've played in 16 conference title games right now. That is tied for the most in the NFL. Do you know the other team that is tied with the 49ers for the most conference championship game appearances? Oh, man. Uh, You should know this. Is it the Steelers? It is the Steelers at 16. So there you go. That's another. See, the Niners Steelers like convergence is happening. It's a real thing. Yeah, except your team is good and and will be good for a while. And my team is going to be really bad for a while. So, well, technically, the Steelers have a better record. The Steelers are eight and eight in conference championship games, and the 49ers are seven and nine. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I don't really care about the past, though. Like, so much of that <laughs> came back before I was even born. Like, True. I don't really care about that. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to be happy. I want to be happy now. I wish my team stunk back in the day, and they're great now. Well, it's not like you guys have been terrible lately. I mean, no, you haven't I mean, had a we losing haven't had a season. season. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I'm just, I'm a brat fan. Like, I'm spoiled. I just, can we, I mean, I haven't got to see a playoff win in a very, very long time. They always lose in the first game. It's been a very long time. But yes, you know, they haven't had a losing season, blah, 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 blah. But it hasn't turned into anything in a long time. She poo-poos. Don't poo-poo. Poo-poos. That's all I'm telling you. Even the 49ers cannot lose this week. I need them to win. I need happiness in my life when it comes to football. Yes. And I truly believe they have a real shot here. So just show up, right? Like they better, I don't disappoint us where it's just like a crap game and everyone messes up or they don't show up. The defense doesn't show up at all. Show up, play your game and you'll win it. I truly believe that. They put together four quarters of good football, which they haven't done all year. Usually they put together like one or two per game. If they come out with four complete quarters, they're going to do it. In this game, it's just we'll see whether or not they can enjoy it. Everybody, no matter what happens again, we'll be there for you on the instant reaction show. Michelle, root for the Niners. Get out your Niners gear. I don't know if you have any. If not, I should send you some. But yeah, I don't have any. Well, we need your support this week. So let's go. Yeah, when I wear Steelers gear, they always lose. So maybe don't send me anything. Uh, I'm bad luck when it comes to wearing team gear. But no, uh, everyone just have a great time on Saturday. Enjoy it. You get to watch your team in the playoffs in a huge game. Like so much fun. Uh, Just good luck to everybody. And yeah, bye y'all.